It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company on this Tuesday as uh, we kick off the afternoon session here on the channel with the call. Uh, 10 stocks suggested by you, two experts, and we do it all in one hour. And great to have Nathan Somersandaran from Blue Ocean Equities with us. Nathan, good to see you. And yeah. Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Um, good to have you aboard, both of you today. Busy week so far? I have to say yeah. it's interesting. There's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot of move. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. I mean, you got gold at all-time high. Yep. That tells you something. Yeah. And the market's not doing too badly. So yeah. something's got to change. So yeah. it's interesting times. Yeah, a bit of tension, Gary, around there. Yeah, look, it is hard. It's obviously the growth has been. You know, the growth stocks are up massively. I mean, the S and P is up fifty yeah. percent in four months. So that's kind of quite unique. So yeah, it's funny. You've been in the markets long enough. You you think you're just about to have seen it all before, but there's it always something different you know, yeah. around the corner. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, this and is when different, people yeah. keep saying, "Oh, this is different," <laughs> you know, that's the top <laughs> of the market. <laughs> it's different this time, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. It's never different. It's just a matter of when. It's all in the timing. <laughs> exactly all right, right, before we get into your ten stocks, let's look at our stock of the day. And thought we take a look at Perpetual, big move by Perpetual in the last day or two. The Aussie Investment Manager is set to raise up to $265 million, says it will use the money to partially fund its 75% acquisition of American-based asset manager Barrow Hanley, which is so much bigger, three times bigger, I think, than Perpetual. This is, this is a big move by uh, the new Chief Executive Rob Adams. He says the deal will diversify its client base by sector and geography and fuel its overseas growth. Uh, Nathan, good move or not? It's a risky move. It's, it's big, isn't it? It's a big move. It's not with strength. If Magellan did it, I'd say, okay, makes sense. They're there. They've been there. They're oh. expanding, adding. For Perpetual, they don't have the expertise of managing someone bigger in a different zone. Yeah. And that brings, I mean, I worked in multiple countries, that brings a different kettle of fish yeah. to the uh, management structure. And do they have the experience to do that? Questions. Yeah. It's not a stock that's outperformed the sector. Um, it's not a cycle for asset managers. You've got to remember, we were asset prices at all-time highs. Right. We had interest rates at all-time lows. Yeah. So you're buying top-of-the-cycle asset managers. Uh, yes, the share price will not be at the top of the highs, but... The cycle is pretty close to the top. It's going to get tougher from here. Yeah. And you're buying someone very similar to your style, which hasn't worked here and hasn't really hit the lights out in the US either. So for me, a lot of risk. Um, I don't see the big kicker. It hides their underperformance, but it does have a lot of good pieces locally. Um, the infrastructure side of things, or more or less kind of the infrastructure side of things for right. funds management is a good model for Perpetual. 
So it could come out of it smiling well, but it doesn't excite me. This, this kind of tells me there's a bit more risk. I want to see execution. I want to see uh, at least a half or a full year numbers run through the whole thing before I jump onto it. Mm. Gary? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in terms of uh, Australian companies making big acquisitions overseas and having a positive uh, turnaround, there hasn't been that many examples. There's probably been more, um, you know, go the other way around, you know, even Wes Farmers and so just, yeah, uh, there's definitely high risk here. So yep. big move. I mean, it's a big acquisition size. Um, I agree, this is top of the market sort of stuff as well. I mean, the valuations aren't exactly, you know, I know, I see most of brokers have actually upgraded the valuations on Perpetual, which is kind of interesting. So obviously mm -hmm. seeing maybe we're not paying through the, t through the you know, nose for it, but the, t the timing's risky here, you know, we're, we're about to enter sort of, you know, some murkier waters sort of um, tighter time. So, you know, they're really gonna have to go, go through. I, th I think the equity market's gonna be tough for the next sort of probably 12 to 24 months and yeah. then, so you're really going to have to weather that sort of storm and then come out the other end. So it's, yeah, I don't know. It's There's such a big manager in the, well, in, in US terms, are they a big manager they're buying? They're, they're triple the size of Perpetual yeah, here. So you would think they can sort of run themselves. Yeah, but the other thing to remember, uh, what's the biggest thematic that we've seen in the last couple of weeks is the cracking of the US dollar. Yeah. US dollar is literally imploding. Yeah. Now, you're buying a business in the US, you're going to buy US dollar exposure mm. at yeah. a time when that's falling. So for the next six months, you're probably going to lose money on currency trade. Right. Why was the rush to go in now? I, I probably would have thought in six months, you probably would have got it a lot cheaper. Yeah. Mm. Well, maybe so. the fact the currency has come off, maybe they've been waiting to do this deal for a while and waiting for the currency to come off and then, yeah. Yeah, I think if you waited this long, I'd wait for another six months. Uh, you know. See how it goes. Exactly. All right. Okay, yeah. good analysis there of uh, Perpetual. Now, let's start getting into your stocks. And the first one suggested by Stephen. Um, this is interesting because um, uh, this is an aviation stock, but sort of uh, in, a, in a different field, Alliance Aviation. It's a charter service. Uh, employs 530 people, operates Australia, New Zealand, Slovakia, um, administered out of Brisbane Airport, mainly charter flights in uh, the mining and energy industry, and um, now in the AFL industry. <laughs> in every industry now. <laughs> Most teams are just <laughs> chartering rather because of the, the state of airlines. Um, Nathan, while airlines are persona non grata at the moment with, a, with Qantas and Virgin and the like, um, Alliance has a really interesting niche, sort of the, mm. the mines are still operating, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a mining services company. Yeah. It's not mm. technically an airline. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's how you should look at that, it. That's how you look at it. Um, yeah. It has a bit of tourism, but then at this kind of environment, you can ignore that. Yeah. Um, the upside is how stable mining is, and that still plays quite well. Um, it also obviously contracted by Virgin and Qantas and so forth to run certain labels because they do it better than most right. others. Yeah. So it's a good business. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, I don't think it's cheap. Uh, right. But mm -hmm. if I looked at it purely as an airline... So, you don't so want to look at that purely as an airline. Yeah. What airline in the world exactly. would be at 12-month highs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and in, in reality, it's, it's always been good but how good right. the model was, was proven when everyone else fell apart. Yeah. 
and yeah. wedding problems, etc., had kind of played into it. So five-year chart. Yeah, it, it's it, it is a very good business where they basically get uh, excess capacity, hold it, and then they lease it out yeah. to everyone else. So yeah. they clip the ticket. It's a good, solid business. I think it continues to do well, mm. but it's got a lot of free kicks out of everyone else blowing up, and because of the COVID restrictions, etc. Yeah. Now, is that going to be forever? There will be a certain level of that, uh, but if you look at it purely as a mining services, that sector has underperformed. Yeah. Uh, despite mining stocks bouncing back, the services haven't really done too much. Yeah. If you looked at airlines, their disaster recovery yeah. cycle. Uh, so this has been one of the ones that's kind of been in two bad sectors, but done well being yeah. in the middle. But uh, yes, this is mining services, but it's not it's not doing um, big trucks and stuff like that. Right. You've still got to get your staff, your yeah. fly in, fly out yeah. to the mine. That's yeah. why I think it, it holds up quite well. Yeah. But if I'm looking at the cycle and saying, and oh, you've got to remember, this is also a small cap, not that liquid. Yeah. So a lot oh, of fund okay. managers will struggle to get in and out because yeah. of the liquidity restraint. Um, so if you think the flying cycle is in a massive rebound, all into Qantas, because it's yeah. just a cyclical play. Yeah. Um, so this one is a good safe bet at the current cycle, and I think it's priced for that. Right. So I'm not buying into it right now, but right. if it comes back, um, yeah, I'll look, okay. 10, 20%, I'm a, I'm a buyer of the shop. Gary? Yeah, so you're up around, what, 16 half, 17 times there, so you're getting, getting up there. Um, so it was 302 was the, was the August 2019 high. I think around 275 was the sort of fair before COVID. It's gone down to sub under a dollar. And now bounce back to uh, 3.30 here. So big, big recovery here. It's probably, look, I guess because of the, uh, the bigger airlines kind of demise here, that's it's opened a window for them. Um, so they're prospering currently, but obviously once that tide turns there, you'd expect them to probably not, not do as well as well. So right. at the moment, there's a little sweet spot here, but the price kind of reflects that as well. So right. not a bad industry, not a bad little segment to be in, but... It's, yeah. a, it's almost like a hybrid yeah. <laughs> stock, is that? But it's, it's a hybrid yeah. in two bad sectors, but it's out for more. It's got some momentum here at the moment. Obviously, the sector's it's obviously a good little space for them, but uh, that's going to change at some point for them. Obviously, they're right. not going to be, you know, once Qantas and that get, you know, get, get running yeah. more regularly, then some of the services will probably be cheaper for people to use those rather than um, the fleet here. You so, know, so would you buy it at this price or? No. No. Okay, no. but on a bit of a pullback, I think this is it's kind of vertical at the moment here, right. so it's uh, pretty okay. pricey. I think you, you can yeah. be comfortable buying it, you know, between around 230 to 250. Right. And every so often when one of the fundies who is holding it tries to take profit, because yep. of the liquidity, um, it kind of comes back hard, yep. and that's your opportunity. Okay. I think on the long term, it's a good buy. Okay. All right. Um, uh, second stock suggested by Ryan. Thank you for that. Zero. Of course, the, uh, the massive cloud-based accounting platform for small and medium-sized businesses um, sort of founded in New Zealand and made its first profit, I think, in the, the last six months, but mm. has built a, a massive um, client base in this area. Gary, what do you think of Zero? Oh, it's a difficult one here. The, I mean, the PE is, what are we, yeah, it's almost yeah. a thousand times or something, you know, yeah, so... Yeah. It's, um, the, it's the X in... Uh, Wallachs, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, our, yeah. our supposed tech index, Australian yeah, yeah, yeah. tech index. It's just a massive PE, but it, look, there's good reasons for it being massive there. If you look at the earnings profile for the next few years there, the earnings growth is going to be substantial as well. So, look, 
it's a great product. I think everyone who uses it sort of loves Zero. Pretty yep. sticky as well. So um, the saying that there's always something better around the corner, you know, potentially. Um, but I don't know. It just sort of seems to be. I just can't get past the valuation. It just just seems very very high. I know, I know the the growth's pretty high there. Just I looked at some of the broker bells. Most most analysts are sitting between seventy five and a hundred. So right. we're pretty close to a hundred at the moment. Yep. Um, I see that. Um, I think one broker is basically saying that, um, you know, if, if we get a re- recovery in COVID quickly, and then we don't see the business failures which, which we think we might see, then then maybe we can go to one twenty five. But if we start to see some business failures in the second half of this year, that's probably going to be a little negative for for zero there. So right. um, it'll just bite taper the growth there because at the moment the growth. If you're looking for a consensus, um, earnings is they're pretty wide, yep. so everyone's sort of got a, a fairly wide sort of gap there. And even the brokers are pretty pretty wide views as well. So there's a lot that can go good or bad for this sort of company, I guess as well. Yep. But just can't get past the bail. The bail's just right. through. Well, the, the earnings yeah. per share is massive because it doesn't yeah. have much earnings because <coughs> the last couple of years yeah. it's pumped it all back into yeah, development sure. and uh, marketing, hasn't it? And sort yeah. of the the if you're sort of the positive side of the story is, are they at that critical mass that every client now is incredibly profitable? I don't know, Nathan? Um, uh, look, this is one of those ones where I remember oh, four or five years ago, when they first had that run, it flew out to $50. And a lot of clients who were accountants were buying the stock and they did not care what the price was. They just said, fine, mm. I'll buy some. And that told me early, very early, there are two things. One, when your customers are willing to buy the stock, yep. uh, accountants who use the product want to buy the stock, tells you the quality of the product. And the second one is, any tech that comes out of New Zealand, you should have a look. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the strike rate is pretty high. I mean, they have had a few blow-ups, but mostly, I think it's about the 80. Pies and yeah, all that. Yep. nearly 80% strike rate. It's, it's yep. you know, better than uh, Sachin Tenduka. Uh, so <laughs> you, you gotta go with that. Uh, they have been good. But I agree, the valuation looks horrendous. There is a fair amount priced in. I mean, I go by the data. I mean, it's almost impossible not to see bankruptcies go up uh, in the US and in Australia. Their growth story is about US. Um, they've done better than I thought in the US. Yep. The, problem at the, the, the problem for investors at this point of the cycle, because you're not buying a business for what they earn, is what potentially they could earn in four, five, six, and then the next guy who comes in is going, oh, I can buy it for what it's going to earn in seven, eight, nine. And then you get to that point where you're buying something, you're going to be retired by the time this thing earns that. <laughs> yeah. So is zero out there? Um, look, and it's, it's actually quite funny when you read the broker research. It's a bit sketchy on how they get to that valuation. There's always mixed valuation, which means they make it up to chase the share price. Right. Um, it's fairly stretched. Oh, I'm not buying zero here. I think it's a great business. Yep. I think everyone knows it's a great business and everyone's paying for it. So right. uh, I don't buy those ones because it's a crowded trade. Uh, when the panic comes in, it'll fall just like everyone else. And there's not a lot of buyers when it's about 90 to $100. So it's, no. it's hard to value because I mean, if you look at the, like the um, earnings per share, they're expecting 529% growth for, for 21 and then 119% growth for 22. So how do you value a stock that's got going to have 529% growth? So this, is, this so, is where yeah, they do that. The, this is the broker side of me. I've yeah. spent enough time. They look at this is the overall market. This is the addressable market. Yep. This is the portion of the addressable market we would be owning. Yep. That means this is what the market cap 
on to revenue that we should be. Yeah. And so that's what we will be paying. Uh, it's, it's great if you execute everything for the next 10 years. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And it all like. comes off. Yeah, if, it, if you have one recession cycle, which is almost certain to happen in the next 10 yeah. years, yeah. really puts the pressure on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said they'll come down yeah, when, so it, when the crash comes. Look, I so think are you in that? Yes, I think it, it, this will ballpark. come. I think this will come back. I don't know how, how much. It'll probably, if it comes back anywhere around 60, 70, right. I'm a buyer. Right. Okay. All right. But I'm not buying it anywhere above. Any. Right. So, are you expecting a crash? Yes. Right. When? Well, we've been uh, we went negative on the market at the end of January. Um, we had a bear market rally coming back to around probably 10% lower than here. Um, since then, the second wave, if you put the numbers through, I think the market can easily do 20 to 30% over the next couple of months right. at some point. Right. Um, and I think the more money printing puts pressure on everything. Um, it's not positive anymore. It's actually making the stress, financial stress even higher. Um, and I think it could happen anytime. So I'll be very defensive at this point. And we've been long gold for about 12 months. Right. Uh, probably 30% of the portfolio. And it's outperformed substantially. Yeah, absolutely. Are you as negative, Gary? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. Yeah, I just think we're. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of in, in the in a in a bearish cycle playing out here. I, th I sort of thought in. Um, I thought sort of kind of probably November December sort of um, last year that the valves were getting really really stretched. So comparable to sort of 87, 29, sort of 2000 sort of type of valuations, are so pretty high. Um, and then yeah, once we roll off it, I know we've had a forty percent drop, so that's pretty substantial. But but now we've had a pretty awesome rally here. Yeah. There's, I guess there's quite you know unique sort of thematics here because I mean the Fed's pumped in a massive amount of money, so probably it's um, twenty years of stimulus in two months. Yeah. Wow. So that so that might that might mean this rally lasts a bit longer than everyone thinks as well. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, it's just sort of. Tricky here. Just there's going to be a bearish phase. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be, I think a retest of the lows at some point. But I think it might be next year rather than this year. That's okay. All. Yeah. All right. All right. All in the timing. Mm. Uh, that's why you've got to keep watching Ausbibs. Mm. <laughs> Get all the latest information. All right. Uh, let's look at our third stock uh, suggested by Rachel. Um, Smart Pay Holdings, uh, Nathan. Now, they they basically provide. Uh, FPOS terminals, don't they, to small business and compete with the banks uh, down in that lower end of the market? So this has been, a, um, I suppose, explosion in the fintech space, yep. uh, in the transaction, especially with contactless um, transactions, with uh, mm. COVID, all of those things yeah. playing out. Um, all of these stocks got belted on the pullback and they've all bounced back. So you're not really getting a cheap play. Um, most of the optimism is priced in. I think the fintech space you know buy now pay later uh, transaction places i think a fair amount of the optimism is already there i mean if you think of the basic numbers you know the the market darling is after pay yep. it's a third of anz um mm. you know and you sit there and go mm, maybe mm. not uh, so th there is there is a certain level of optimism which makes sense there's a certain level of uh, multiple expansion i think it's risky and we're we're pretty close to it i mean the classic example is sezzle Sezzle yeah. does not have any business in Australia. Management sits in the US. Its operations are in the US, but it's listed in Australia. Why? Because we pay a higher multiple. Right. Right. That tells you where we are in that sector. So there is a fair amount of optimism, and uh, I wouldn't be chasing the fintechs in this market 
Okay. I'd be waiting to this see. This was more a traditional one, though. Exactly. It? But the multiples for the, all of these ones have been pumped up as okay. well. All right. So they've held on to the coattails yeah. of the they've, up. They've all come back. They've all come back to the previous highs. Right. So okay. you're not getting a discount. So most of the good news that you know, it's been blasted down for a year there? and a half. Okay. What do you reckon, Gary, on smart pay? So I'd look, looking at numbers, so 136 mil market cap. Uh, so full year revenue 19 was around 21 mil, and then full year 20 was around 28, so about 30% growth, which is sounds pretty nice. Um, the loss was 1.8 mil in 19. The loss was 4.4 mil in in 20. There, so these things are kind of losing more money as the um, they grow. And they'll they'll use the argument that we're it's all about trying to get market share yeah, and growth and stuff. In the there. Business. Yeah. yeah. But at this stage, you know, I, I've got concerns here about the margins of these businesses, you know. Yep. So, because um, the banks aren't necessarily playing in some of these spaces here because they, they don't see the margins as being that attractive. If, if the margins was really attractive, the, the banks would be buying these things up. And There is a lot, of, there's yeah. a lot of competition coming in. So the margins yeah. were good. Yeah. Like when Afterpay first started, the margins were very good for the numbers they were playing. But the margins, they don't talk about the margins so much now because that's been getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed now. Yeah. And the fintechs now coming in, the classic bank type fintechs, they're offering the bank side of things, the credit cards, free foreign exchange, and all of these other services that the other guys are providing. So everyone's kind of cutting into, it's a bit like, you know, the yeah. Apple's going into streaming and Amazon yeah. going, yeah. everyone's cutting into each other's space. So. I agree. I think the margins are going to be tough going forward. Okay. Clean. All right. So I know on smart pay, um, Ron has suggested Gold Road Resources. Um, Nathan, sort of, a, um, you're big into gold stocks. Yeah. Is Gold Road one of them? Yes. Uh, we've liked it for a, a while. Uh, management has done well, um, and it's 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 one of those ones where. Um, is it, is it just down from that top tier, is it? Yes, yeah, the top yeah. so, so you get your, Newcrest is the biggest guy and it's yeah. like a, it's always got a disease attached to it, so it yeah. always underperforms. Uh, you've got Northern Star, <laughs> Evolution and Saracen. Like um, so, because they always find some reason to go do something wrong. It's just yeah. amazing. Um, so <laughs> then you've got um, Northern Star, Saracen and uh, Evolution, the next yeah. three. Yeah. And then you've got the next lot, which is Silver Lake, Gold Road, right. Regis. So I've so seen forth. that Silver Lake. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, very good management, good track record, mm. have done really well, big fan, it's, it's in our model portfolio um, and has been and I'm not taking it out. Um, it's doing well, um, gold all time high yep. and my guess is there's more downside, numbers are saying there's more downside risk in the US dollar, so yep. the gold goes up yep. um, and the risk in gold is less than the risk in the market, so I'm happy to sit on gold miners and gold road is one of the better ones. Okay. So yes, for Gold Road. Yeah, look, it's look, it's for me, it's just kind of momentum play at the moment. So um, you know, the, the thing the thing I sort of find with Gold, you know, quite um, hilarious really is that most people sort of buy Gold for as a hedge, yep. but where the reality is, if you look at the history of Gold stocks and Gold there, it, they usually run around the same time as equity markets run, and so that you know, it's often sort of you know, the performance actually um, often peaks with with equities peaking as well. Um, so don't often always counter. And if if there, if there is the rare event of actually gold going up and the markets go down, you'll find that the gold stocks will follow the market down, not, not follow gold up. Yeah. So there's a, I think there's a you know, bit of a, um, a view there that people have it for certain reasons. And I don't yeah. know, there's obviously 
look, it's been a great place to be, um, and obviously for other 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 reasons there. But to be sort of, I just be careful with the view that oh, if, the mar- if I think the market's going to go through a really tough time, that my gold stocks are going to shine because that's not the way it's been in the past. All right, so I know on Gold Road from um, from Gary Mathan likes it. Um, Gary, what about Karoon Energy, uh, oil and gas exploration company? Um, Australia, Brazil, and Peru uh, are its big projects. Um, yes, I think announced right. yesterday just a revised uh, revision of some of the deal there with uh, Borna acquisition. So, obviously, they made a decent acquisition in Brazil, but it's on. Um, you know, basically, the terms have been negotiated down, um, right. so less money up front. Uh, kick us sort of down down the road if if if, if things work out. Um, so the market kind of like that, but I guess at the moment here, obviously you've got to still got a suppressed oil price a little bit at the moment. Um, Brazil's obviously got its own issues currently, I guess, um, with COVID. Um, so, but yeah, probably longer term makes sense. But Karun's yep. um, had a pretty nice bounce here, so I just noticed that. Stock gapped up yesterday, and then a bit of profit taking sort of kicked in. So, just might sort of slide back a bit here. But yeah, look, I think I mean the oil price has bounced up to near about forty-two. I can see a big level around that forty-five dollars, and so I think there's a little bit more upside in the oil price. But it's probably limited here as well. Here, so probably only a little bit more upside. So right. for me, I'm probably sit back and watch Korean. I'd probably like to sort of see it drift back a bit here. Um, I think. It's going to take a little a little time here with this deal as well. So, you know, I prefer other stocks in that sector. If I'm if I'm honest, I started all okay. search and Woodside. I guess is um, I prefer. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm actually negative on the sector um, mainly because, as you said, it's over forty bucks, and the whole idea behind OPEC and Russia taking the price down was to kill off the US shale, and you don't kill off US shale by sitting at forty bucks. It needs to be somewhere in the high thirties or low thirties. So somewhere around the 30s is where I think the oil price will end up, at least over the next three to six months. They've already um, uh, flagged that they're going to reduce the cuts by I think nearly two million barrels a day in August. So I'd expect things are going to be weaker in August, so oil price will come off. Karun raised money uh, at much higher price to buy this asset, so they're paying less. So their balance sheet looks a hell of a lot better. Um, I think it's not a bad play. Um, I think, barring the fact that the sector is going to have a tough time, I think this is a, not a bad one. I wouldn't chase it after the run, yeah. but I think if it comes back, I would be a buyer mm. because I think it's a good business. It's got a decent balance sheet. They've raised money, so out of this deal, which part of the market was expecting this deal to be reset, so now that it's been reset, you're kind of not paying too much. Yeah. So you're in the right side of the trade. So I think Corona looks pretty interesting. Um, mm. Historically, I've always gone for Beach or Santos. Yeah. They're the high beta plays, yeah. but given it's going to be choppy, Karun on a pullback is not a bad play in the small okay. caps. All right. Thanks for that suggestion, Mick. Appreciate it. So just to recap, our top five plus our stock of the day. First of all, Perpetual. Um, I think both the guys saying it's a really big play by Perpetual, um, a massive deal. Uh, they really want to see how they can cope with the... Uh, uh, with the digestion problems of it going forward. Um, Alliance uh, um, Aviation, a no from both, but Nathan, uh, likes it, a good company, it's more a mining services business slash aviation. If you've got a pullback to around the 230, 250 mark, it would be interesting. Um, zero, massively priced at the moment, great company, really good management, 
really high um, earnings per share ratio. Um, again, if it came back to 60 or $70 would, would really be attractive. A no for smart pay. Um, a yes for, for Gold Road from Nathan. No from Gary. Uh, Karoon, uh, Gary prefers Woodside and Oil Search. Um, but for Nathan, um, not a bad play on a bit of a pullback. So uh, that's a bit of a recount of our top five. Before we get into the second half of the call, um, speaking of uh, the man himself, Australian small businesses have been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, but despite this, they remain optimistic for the rest of the year, at least according to a new report by Zero. And joining us on the next hour of Ausbiz during the Pulse, Managing Director of Zero, Trent Innes, will be joining us. So coming up on Ausbiz at 1.30. Let's get in to the, uh, to the second half of uh, uh, our top 10 stocks that you've suggested. And Dave, what's an opinion on Australia's? They say they're Australia's leading regenerative food and agricultural company, wide open agriculture. Basically, they do plant-based meat, don't they? And they've just done a big deal with Curtin University to commercialise some technology there. Um, Nathan, what do you think of wide open agriculture? Yeah, didn't do a lot till they got onto the plant-based. Yep. Um, it's a thematic and, you know, in the US, it, that thematic is doing really, really, really well. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't um, dismiss it. Um, it's it's a micro cap, high, the, you know, that comes with a high risk. Um, execution is obviously the big thing. Yep. It'll take time. Um, so it, they will consume capital, um, but it's probably early in the cycle enough. Um, you know, I think it's an interesting thematic that it's a proven thematic globally. I would put a bit of money in, but it's a punt. It's yep. a high risk punt. It's, it's not going to be the big part of your portfolio. Um, but it's an interesting one. I, I have to say, I didn't know about it. I had to do a bit of reading. Yep. And it looks interesting enough. They're connected to the right places. That makes it worthwhile. Well, I was going to say, yeah. is that ca connection important with... CSRO, um, all yeah. of those things. That, that, yeah. that ticks a number of boxes. Right. Um, so for me, that tells me that they've got something to play with. Yep. Now it comes to execution. So you put a bit of money in, see how they execute. If they execute well, then the share price should go up and then you buy a bit more. Right. Don't okay. go out and just buy everything now. Right. Put the toe in the water. What do you reckon, Gary? Yeah, I thought similar, actually. I thought it was um, pretty interesting, actually, when I sort of read, because I hadn't really known much about it as well. Um, so 28 mil market cap, so still pretty small. Did a 3 million placement in June, so obviously everyone's kind of set a bit lower here and it's had a good run. Um, but the revenue has jumped up to, what, 393 um, million in the last quarter, so it's a pretty, pretty substantial jump. Um, also talking about you know, plant-based milk, this oat milk, um, carbon neutral grains. So they say that that thematic is really big. Um, other parts of the world, it's, it's, it's actually getting, it's growing here as well. It's, it's, yeah. a, great, uh, yeah. it's a great bingo words, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You put them out there, everyone's yeah. like, it's, it's like back in the yeah. day when you said graphite or lithium, everyone goes, oh, yeah. and it's, it's, I think so, yeah. That We've works. seen a bit of movement towards the plant-based diet there. I, I actually have tried the, the plant-based meat and, uh, you know, for a person person who loves like steak and things like I I didn't mind it but I didn't love it so but but some people there is definitely a, a portion of the population who are really big on this plant based plant based diet so yeah. yes there's definitely some sales and well, revenue starting to grow burger there. chains are all yeah. Yeah. doing it now aren't well, they? I've, I've actually, I mean mainstream takeaway yeah, yeah. I've, I mean being subcontinent I've actually had um, soy meat uh, yeah. curries 
And I have to say, it's actually pretty decent. I mean, if you don't think about it and you're yeah. eating and you're going, that's actually not bad. Because yeah. I mean, Indian food tend to be very spicy anyway, but yeah. it's got the texture. They can play with that and they've yeah. kind of played with that and got, got some, some of that. So in the US, they've done a lot of work to get oh, the texture nice. and the taste and so forth. So I think, I, I think there's, well, yeah, there's definitely play. There's sort yeah. of stuff in the US, some of them now sort of have fake blood and juices and yeah, easing out. And, and, and they've even even they've converted <laughs> to that. Yeah, and they've got that chicken like strippy dry yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's amazing yeah. how they've done all of those things. So. And I, did, I didn't think we had a company listed on the exchange that did this, I must admit. So Dave, yeah. thanks for suggesting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think on the price wise, yeah. I'd actually be waiting for it because it's had a bit of a pop. Yeah. So I'd probably be sort of sitting back and see um, see how it consolidates. Keep, keep an eye on the sort of quarterly sales or the... How often they sort of put them out, but yeah, definitely thought I thought definitely right. Put this one on the radar because this could be interesting yeah. in, in the medium term. So Good. yeah. All right, there you go, Dave. Yeah. Thanks for uh, bringing it up for us. We all learned uh, a lot from that suggestion. Um, Gary Stephen has suggested uh, a, a beta shares, so it's an ETF, Global Healthcare. Um, its code is drug. Very clever. Yep. Um, if you want to get into that healthcare market globally um what do you think of it so it's currency hedged uh so the largest healthcare companies in the world so i think uh johnson and johnson is the biggest holding there around eight percent so just basket of sort of u.s stuff there look okay if you like that segment there healthcare's had a pretty good um well i think tech's been the um the standout performer i think healthcare's been number two here um mm. since the low so um not sure about the timing here obviously we've had a pretty good jump here but you know, if, I th if I saw the sector maybe peel off and you wanted to go go for a basket, it's not a bad way to go. I'm just, I do have a little bit of a pet hate with some of the, um, the ETFs uh, and to the fact that I don't know if you get exactly everything you think you're getting in those things. Um, and so that the level of reporting, they can kind of, the funds can be traded up and down. So, and yeah, I just don't like the fact, I mean like a lot, a lot a lot of the um, managed funds, um, um, LICs, have to report their NTA every month. You know, so the, the reporting is really um, thorough. Yeah. A lot of the ETS, not the same type of thing there. Mm. And, and I didn't realise that. From my experience, there sometimes when the, the ETFs are linked to like oil and gold and other instruments, other commodities, it don't always replicate the performance that the underlying that they're supposed to represent. And right. they may come up with good reasons as to why that doesn't happen, but you know, it, it, here's a good example. I've seen like a bullish and a bearish ETF over the same instrument and overlay them both and take out the fees and they don't match up. And mm. why, why is that? Because they're, they're, they're identical products, I mean, counterintuitive, only a small fee on it, they should pretty, be pretty close. So I just, sometimes I just sort of wonder if what you're getting in there is, is correct. Okay. I just, yeah, so that's, that's my only sort of dislike for ETFs. So sometimes I like to see the ones that are reporting NTA regularly. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Nathan? That's a quiet I'll defend the ETFs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I think there is a certain level of how, how much you can rebase to the index. So there's a timing issue on those things. And because the thing that always worries me about ETFs is you have to really understand what you're buying. Always worries me when you go to sector specific ETFs or any boutique ETF because the, the asset values can be really disturbed by the smaller end. Yep. where if you stick to the market or big 
sectors, then you're pretty safe because the big guys control most of it. So I don't mind the healthcare ETF. I don't mind the sector ETFs that are on the big caps. Um, drug one is okay, um, but you have to remember one of the amazing thematics in the Aussie market is our healthcare sector actually has outperformed the US healthcare sector mm. for the last six, seven years. So that I don't think that'll stop because our big boys are really high quality big boys. Yeah. So if you want healthcare and you don't want to be caught with currency and you don't know what to do, just buy the big boys in ours. Oh, and the CSLs, CSLs the Resmeds, Resmeds, the Cochleas, yeah. Ramses, uh, Sonic, they do well. Yeah. So you can do that. I don't have a problem buying drug. Uh, the only uh, issue I would say is there is a, a bit of, remember what's happened with NASDAQ. NASDAQ is about 60% tech, 40% uh, healthcare. Oh. Now, that's priced at Wahoo level. So when that comes off, healthcare stocks will come off and you're going to a US election. Yeah. All US elections, because of the bad healthcare system, the Americans love to bash the healthcare sector. They never do anything about it, but they always bash it. <laughs> yeah. So there will be some bad stuff that will come out about healthcare where the drug yeah. prices could be cut and so forth. So okay. there's going to be a tough time over the next five right. months. So I'll probably be a bit careful, but I like the sector. Okay. Time. All right. But uh, be careful and go... CSL, CSL, Cochlear, uh, Resmed. No, no, CSL dropping below 280 though. Is uh, that it, a look, problem? Look, I think people get bearish on CSL. It is the best stock in the market, bar none. Right. If you can pick it up around 250, close your eyes and buy it, and you know, in two years' time, you'll be happy. I like the number you said actually. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to come back a bit lower, yeah. you know, yeah. around that sort of 240, uh, 250. It bounced off 280 yeah. so when for the, about three yeah. weeks, and now it's yeah. down yeah. to 270. So when, when the when the US dollar cracks, mm. Aussie will get pumped up. And yeah. because it's a currency trade, because they earn everything the yeah. majority overseas, yeah. Yeah. CSO will come off, right. and that's the buying opportunity. So it came down about 243 or something there on the low, and then yeah. it bounced up, made a, lo a lower high, and now we're coming back sort of near it. So you know, around 240 is probably around, you know, be, be nice. Mm. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, West Farmers, Gary, suggested by Tammy, of course. <coughs> West Farmers is like an investment company, isn't it? Um, has some good retail like like Bunnings and and Office Works and the like, but also yeah. into coal and fertilizer. It's funny how that bad acquisition overseas just kind of like that happened so fast and was buried so quick that was just kind of moved on. Yeah. Uh, it was just amazing how well they um you know able to get rid of something that was so such a bad decision so quickly. But at the moment here we've got a stock that's um that's probably having a an, an awesome time in the market. We know it's going to be a have an awesome result, um, but the PE is around 24. So historically, that's probably as high as it, it, it gets. Um, right. So I think Woolworths is on a PE around 19. A slightly different model there. Um, probably higher, slightly higher yield in West Farmers, but just the multiples pretty stretched here. But saying that, we know it's going to be a good report. So we know they've been most of the stores right. have remained open. We know that Aussies have spent a lot of money on their homes. We know that you know you get to line up to get in the Bunnings stores yep. across the across the and country. Office so works, yeah, yeah. so yeah. we know it's going to be a great result. I just think market's going to maybe look a little bit more down the track here. So right. probably going to have to look through the great result and say, okay, well, where do we go from here? Once everyone else opens up, are you going to get the same? Are you yeah. going to the same growth there? Maybe not. Um, maybe, maybe possibly yes, but yeah. But I think the market's yeah. going to look a little, little bit ahead here, but. It's going to be a good. It's going to be a good report, you know. Okay, not at these levels, though. Um, West Farmers is probably the 
one of the top two private equity firms listed, um, mm -hmm. and they're very good at what they do. Uh, even when they do badly, they get out with their t you know, shirt on the back <laughs> yeah. uh, and let someone else holding the bag. Um, look, I th I th the big thing about West Farmers is everyone's worried about balance sheet problems. They got over $10 billion sitting there for an acquisition. So their balance sheet is solid. Yeah. Their dividends are safe. Um, they are all the yeah, possibly a great time to be a, yeah, so a cash too. The, you know? the reality yeah. is they yeah. tried to acquire a few things when they crashed and they didn't get through. Um, but they're waiting. They're waiting for the boys to fall over and they pick them up. So yeah. they will make an acquisition. The market's paying a premium because they know they're going to buy something really cheap and turn it around. And I'll back them on that. I think right. it's a good business. 24 for West Farmers, I actually think it's cheap because the market's 18 to 20. Yeah. So the market's expensive. West Farmers should be a lot more higher because okay. they're much better. So West Farmers is one of those ones where you can buy. It's, it's up there with CSL as one yeah. of my top 10, as I call GOATs. Um, and you buy them and you can get a decent yield, you're right. protected and they grow. Even at this level too? Yep. Yep, I okay. I saw a good slide there actually a couple of days ago. I think West Farmers, the last decade, average PE was around 14 or 15 and we're averaged around 20, 22 or something this right. last decade. So, yeah, I don't know things sort of shift over time there, but but yeah, it does, okay. I don't know, it's still, look, everything's kind of pretty pricey, so it's yeah. hard there. I guess you know you're going to get a good result, but I'm just not yeah. sure whether Good management. Where the kicker comes from, it's mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Um, now, what about TPG after the Vodafone merger, Gary? Yeah, it's, it's interesting here now because you sort of got to look at this um, a little differently because it's sort of a new, even though you know, nine tenths of the company still as, as is there, it is sort of um, you know kind of trading on its own now. And so, look, I, I know it's had a pullback here. I just, I just sort of noticed that. Sounds funny here, but most IPOs, when they come on, they come on a little bit heated and everyone gets yeah. excited and then they tend to sort of pull back and then, you know, um, lose their sort of luster a little bit in the market and then they start reporting and then, then, then the market sort of goes here. So the stock's actually pulled back quite a bit from, you know, yeah. from, from when it sort of IPO'd here. So it went nine back to eight or something here. So um, just an observation here. I, I actually do like the stock here um, longer term. I do think, um, I mean, Telstra, what, Got to multiple around twenty times. He just recently got three forty. So that was, um, mm. yeah. Again, that's expensive for something which is going to have pretty flat, to yep. I mean, struggle to even have positive earnings growth. So um, that's a big multiple for Telstra. I know the segment sort of feels safe here, but just feel like there's a few other parties sort of starting to make some headway there. I think TPG is one of those that will, will prosper okay. here longer term. But right. I think just looking for the, ro the right price here is probably the, the key. Yep. Yeah. So at eight dollars. Getting, getting closer, yeah, yeah. Nathan? Uh, it's a bad sector. It's been a crap sector globally um, for a long time. Uh, but I, I like it now because um, it's been so bad. It's starting to look good. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think TPG is the one for me. Uh, uh, I think it's, you're going to get a bit more competition. The one for me is Telstra. I know it looks expensive, but the reason I like Telstra is because it's going to split its infrastructure assets. It's going to uh, yeah. release a lot of money out of its balance sheet. They're going to compete hard on the retail market. TPG will be under pressure. Yeah. TPG's done so the, it's the go, head going check. It's to sell its poles and wires. Exactly. Right? And, infrastructure and the government Do is... Do we know when that'll be? Oh, pretty soon, because right. the government is dressing up the NBN like a turkey for basting. <laughs> and so the infrastructure assets out of Telstra is the <laughs> only thing that could buy it. Right, okay. So everyone's playing the game. Um, so I think that'll come. I think Telstra, 
We've got a dividend coming out in August, so I'd expect that to remain pretty well supported. Telstra looks like a better yield play after they sell their infrastructure assets than the banks over the next couple of years. Okay, all right. So, so you hold the uh, Telstra and you get rid of the, um, the asset. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, our final stock um, suggested by Anne, uh, Emico Holdings, which is uh, basically a mining services company, isn't it? Uh, Nathan, um, heavy earth moving, got a thousand machines in their rental fleet, so it's Yeah, <laughs> look, this is a sector that, it's it's the death of value investors. Right. Uh, it always <laughs> looks cheap and it just gets cheaper. You get a cycle every so often, and I think in the last five years, uh, you've basically had the machine run over your head every yeah. year, because it just disappoints you again and again. Right. It's a tough, mining service has been a tough sector. Uh, you know, I just think you're, you're battle, battling against all the trends. Yep. It's not I like Alliance Aviation, that's what I said. It's one of the bad sectors, it's done well. Yeah. This hasn't done well, and there's yeah. a lot of people that's done. I think NWH is the, one of the few that's done well, and Kodan who's done well, but there's a few. There's a lot yeah. of people have blown up. So yeah. you're just fighting the tide, uh, don't go there. Yeah. Gary? It's funny, I had to have a second look at this, because when I looked at the numbers, I thought, oh, that can't be right. Because the, the, the market cap's 364 mil, and the revenue is, uh, was 540 mil, and that's up 16%, so quite a bit of growth there. Um, net profit around 66 mil, so not a bad net profit line. Plenty of cash, that's 71 mil in cash, you know. Um, but the debt's a little high, so they have paid down some of that debt, so that's probably the little negative there is that they're, they're often reasonably, you know, highly geared. Um, but, yeah, I'm a PE6, I know it's it's an interesting one. I just sort of, the market doesn't really like it here. So the price action's not really looking that encouraging. I noticed it popped up the other day and the selling kind of sort of rushed in and, and sold it straight back down again. And I thought, well, okay, the price action doesn't look that great. But yeah. on paper, it looks okay. But, you know, just the price action's just telling me that it's probably going to drift a bit lower here. But I'm, I'm just kind of, I had to look at the numbers twice because I thought, well, that looks kind of interesting to me from a valuation point of view. But... Right. Price action and obviously the sentiment sector there, but to me, I thought maybe the gearing was the issue. But yeah, I I just kind of trying to work out why it was sort of a bit unloved here. Yeah, yeah. So you get yeah. you get global growth, then you get commodities, and then you get miners, and then you get mining Money services. services. Yeah. We got doubt, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and running yeah. yet. But we don't have the. I mean, like the last sort of. I mean. Uh, I think the sort of buy now, pay later space reminds me of sort of the mining, the mining boom when we had the mining service operators. We had just a ton of them, you know, all come in and all basically, you know, drop their margins to work here. We don't haven't sort of seen that in this yeah. sort of cycle. It's not that many sort of, um, yeah. you know, mining service operators. Not not an abundance of mm. them. Yeah. So okay. I, I don't know if they'll be as harshly dealt in this cycle. So you're going to watch it. Yeah, I am for what sure. You watch yeah. It? Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, that uh, was our last stock. Just to recap the, the last five, uh, wide open agriculture. Um, yes, punt from Nathan. Put your toe in the water and see how it goes. Gary is certainly going to watch it. Uh, the Beta Global Healthcare. Yeah, not a bad ETF um, if you know what you're getting into, but maybe the alternative is to go into our, our really good healthcare companies here in Australia like your CSLs, your ResMeds, your Cochleas and the like. Uh, Wes Farmers, a yes from Nathan, because they look set to um, make a big acquisition on a downturn. Uh, a no from Gary. TPG, uh, Gary quite likes um, TPG. It's getting towards an attractive level on the share price, probably a bit lower to be interested. Nathan prefers um, 
proposed Telstra and uh, Emiko and Nathan, Nathan and uh, Gary's put it on his watch list. Nathan Somersandaran from Blue Ocean Equities. Good to see you, mate. Nice to be here. Uh, Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Uh, don't forget, if you want to suggest um, some stocks for us to take a look at, uh, email the call at osbiz.com.au. Please be patient. Don't get annoyed if it takes a while for us to get through it. We get lots of suggestions. Um, or you can make it through Twitter using the handle at TV. Make sure you stick around this afternoon to find out your newest opportunity in the startup sector. Um, the sector continues to grow and every day between 2 and 3 p.m. on the Startup Daily Show. It brings you the best on uh, what are some of the startups looking for capital. Uh, today, the Chief Executive of Finance at Humanity, uh, Ben Dixon, joins the team as he gets set to launch their latest capital raise um, with uh, through Equitize. So that's from 2 p.m right here on Ausbiz for the Startup Daily Show. That's it for me after a short break for Pulse. Stick around for Ausbiz. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.